Hallelujah. Oh, put your hands together again for the choir. Amen. Come magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name in this place. Some people go to the football stadium and they shout they are never nervous. It doesn't matter how rich or how troubled they are. When they go to the stadium and if their team is winning, they shout. You can know that winning team by the shouting of the people. Am I making sense? When you go and one section of the crowd is quiet and look confused and look perplexed, it means their team is losing. When you go to, when you look at the side and they are jumping and they are shouting, it means they are winning. I don't know what team you belong to because I cannot see the shout because I cannot feel your shout in this place. Are you part of the winning team? Oh, I said, are you part of the winning team? Hallelujah. We, we learned a song in the nursery or Sunday school. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it and you really want to show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, shake a leg. If you're happy and you know it, shake a leg. If you're happy and you know it, and you really want to show it, if you're happy and you know it, shake a leg. Listen, don't take yourself too seriously. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is this a church or is it a playground? It is everything. Hallelujah. Somebody say, called to make a difference in the lives of other people. Or say like you mean it called to make a difference in the lives of others. In Matthew chapter 5 from verse 13 to 16, you will see my assignment for this morning. Matthew chapter 5 from verse 13 to 16. It says that you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? If then... It is good for nothing, hallelujah. But if, but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Verse 40 says that you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Here ends the reading of his holy word. He says that you are the salt of the earth. And it also says that you are the light of the world. Hallelujah. Salt of the earth, light of the world. Two, are they uh, allegories? Is it allegories? I have academics in this place. They are allegories, isn't it? Jesus was preaching and um, he used two imagery, imagery to, to convey his, um, his message. And he says that you are the salt of the earth. And he says that you are the light of the world. Salt does not exist to please itself. Light does not exist for itself. Salt is in business to provide taste, preservation, add, uh, what do you call it? Oomph into 
the food that other people will taste or eat. When you go to McDonald's, you go to um, Nando's or any place, they give you a little packet of salt, isn't it? The sachet of salt. That because we all don't have the same taste. Some don't like salt. Others want to box it with a lot more. Hallelujah. So they provide the little sachets of salt for you to use to boost what has already been prepared to your taste. Meaning that the salt does not exist to please itself. In the same way, light is not there for itself. Light is there because there's darkness in the room. And so when you enter a room and there's a lot of darkness, you look for the switch and you put the light on. And when the light comes on, the room is bright and you can see and transact whatever business you want to transact in the room. Am I making sense? We said, we've been talking about others. And I said to you that God's intention and purpose of making man was so that man becomes uh, the one that takes responsibility over the things that fly, over the things that walk on the earth, and over the things that creeps under the earth. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, he says that let us make man in our own image and let him have dominion over the earth, over the sea, and over everything that crosses. And so he made man in his own image. In the image of, of, I'm in verse 27 now. In the image of, uh, of God created him, he, male and female, he created them both. Then the Lord blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply and fill and subdue and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over everything that, every living thing that moves on the earth. Amen. We, we looked at it and I said that the word subdue and dominion doesn't mean what you think. Subdue and dominion means take, take responsibility. Am I making sense? You know, in our world today, if you say dominion, people are thinking that they are going to boss. You understand? They are going to take boss over things. You are in charge. You are the chief. Chief executive officer. You are the one that calls and directs and sends people about. But that is not it. It means that you are the one who is supposed to take responsibility. Isn't that true? So when everything happens, they don't blame anybody else but you. And we realized that God was saying that he wanted us to be stewards of everything but possessors of nothing. That is the reason why you came to the earth naked. And you come and possess and steward a lot of things. And on the day you are leaving the world, you go without anything. You don't take any of the houses any of the cars, any of the clothes, any of the uh, uh, weaves. Oh, I shouldn't go there. Okay, I won't go there. You know, the Brazilian hair and all those things, you don't take any of them with you. They don't bury you with any of them. Even the bitcoins, you have to leave them. Pastor Sam, come and sit here. I like you here better. Put your hands together for our pastor. Come, come and sit here. You are about to be sent back. So be quiet. See? I know, I won't say anything. There, there are a lot of visitors here, so I'll, I'll behave myself. 
We don't have, everybody's a member. Okay, that's fine. So we are talking amongst our friends. Okay, that's all right. Whether they take the weeks or not, Pastor Sam, <laughs> it's, they are going naked. Hallelujah. It, also, it must tell us that we are stewards of everything and possessors of nothing. Hallelujah. Most of us think that, you know, we have to grab, we have to get, we have to grab. We're so greedy. We want everything. We, we are working hard, two jobs, three jobs, because we have to get this. We have to get that. Because, no, listen, you are stewards of everything that passes through your hands, but you don't possess anything. When you can understand that, life will become easier to live. How many realize that with the uh, quarantine, is it quarantine or uh, when COVID hit and everybody was asked to stay at home? The lockdown, that's the word I was looking for. With the lockdown, we realize how unnecessary a lot of things we fight for is in life. How many realize that? I saw a lot of cars parked on the driveway. Porsches were parked. Mercedes were packed. Even car, uh, human legs were packed. The Mercedes Benz were packed. The Legacy Benz was also packed. All the clothes you have in your closet were packed. You are only in pajamas, jogging bottoms, leggings, and t-shirts. And that was it. Nobody was bothering about spending 18 hours sitting there for somebody to twist their hair. We all look like Rastafarians. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you realize that in life, what is really necessary is not the thing that we fuss so much about. Hallelujah. It is not all the things that we are fussing and we are fighting. Some are trying to, you know, kill others for, for things. Where are you taking those things to? And we, we also learned that the mindset that makes us selfish and greedy comes from Satan. We realize in chapter 3 of Genesis when... Satan was introduced onto the scene. He came with, has God said, you should not eat of any. Don't you know that God knows that in the day you eat of this, you will become like him. And because he doesn't want you to become like him, he's preventing you from eating. Listen, when you eat of this, you become as wise as he, God, is. And the Bible says, and the woman, and Eve took, why are you not showing the scripture? I'm in chapter 3. And Eve took the fruit, one that and was good for food, one that desiring to be as wise, it makes you wise, and she ate it. And gave it to her husband. And he also ate. Hallelujah. Joel, I think you should sit there. Amen. Hallelujah. And I said to you that Satan's characteristics is selfishness. We read in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12, where he said that I will ascend. I will become like the most high. I will set my seat on the sides of the north. I will, five I wills in two verses. I will ascend, go back to 13, I will ascend, I will exalt my throne. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation. 
I'll be the boss. I will ascend. I will be like the most high. And the last I will is what? That's the fifth one. I will. See, the birth of selfishness is the introduction of Satan. And I said to you that the worst friend you can have is a selfish friend. The worst husband you can be married, unfortunate to be married to, is a selfish husband. The worst wife you can ever marry is a selfish wife. The worst children on earth to ever have is a selfish or selfish children. Because it's all about them. Hallelujah. So we have come full circle to realize that with God, it's about others using you as a channel of blessing for others. And with Satan, it's all about me, 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 me. And we saw how when God called Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, God said to Abraham, leave your country from your family, your father's house, and go to the land that I will show you. And I'll make you great, and I'll bless you, and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and curse those who curse you, and in you. Everybody read that that little phrase with for me ready go and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed hallelujah so God's intention for blessing Abraham was what to use him as a conduit to bless the whole earth when you look at Galatians chapter 3 he says that we are of our father Abraham so that the blessings of Abraham is ours, not for us to absorb, but just like Abraham, I will make you a blessing so that in you all the earth shall be blessed. So it is not the blessing you are receiving. See, go back to go back to go back to the, the, the verse we're looking at, the previous verse, um, chapter 12, verse 2. I will bless, I will make your name great. I will make you a great nation. One. I will bless you and make your name great. You will think that that means that God is trying to favor this man. You understand? Assuming this is Abraham, I will make your name great. I I will bless you. I will make you a great nation. But you see, God had an intention. I'm not blessing you because I just want to give you a lot of money for the sake of it. I'm not blessing because you are the best man in the whole room. No. I'm blessing because I have a plan for you. The plan is that you become blessed. And not stop there, but be a blessed person to the point that you become a blessing to others. Hallelujah. Are you understanding Through you, I can bless others. There are two types of Abrahams in the world. Just that there are two types of lands in the world. Can I have my picture back? There are two types of land. There are two types of Abrahams. So everyone in this room listening to me, you are either falling to the left category or the right category. Can I have the picture so, some will receive and consume. Some will receive and pass. Assuming water is a blessing, and water is the blessing that God is giving, some people are like this. This is Abraham. I will make your name great. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you and in you all the nations shall be blessed. But he receives the rain, that is the blessing, and what does he do? 
No, go back. We are talking about the first Abraham 1. What does he do? He absorbs everything. He's consuming everything. He's very thirsty. He can never get enough. He's very, very, and then he comes up with concepts and principles like human wants are insatiable. Isn't it? They come up with economic concepts. They come up with different type of things to, 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 to justify the greed. You go to the shops. Every season they are bringing different clothes. This is winter season. 21 season, isn't it? 2022 season is coming. Then they put their collection. Then everybody goes. Then they say Black Friday. Collecting, 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 collecting. Then come to spring. They say spring collection. Then everybody go. We are picking, 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 picking. And they say this is summer collection. They change colors. They change the texture. And then we are collecting, 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 collecting. Collecting different. And we don't realize that. Our lives really looks like a desert because our water doesn't bless anybody. Our resources don't bless anybody. Our blessing doesn't flow to anybody. Look at the next picture. Abraham 2. This was a piece of land. He receives the water. He drinks some inevitably, but he passes some. He drinks some but passes. He drinks some and passes. Now God, if you were God and you discovered these two types of Abrahams, which one would you send more water to? The one that you know will pass the water many miles along the way, isn't it? So he keeps blessing. You see, he keeps blessing. He keeps blessing. The Bible says that the liberal soul shall be made Fat. There is one that gives and he becomes blessed. There is one that withholds more than is necessary and it tends to poverty. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. And I said to you the last time that sometimes the reason for our greed is our sense of limitedness of resources. How many think that resources are limited? You know, the money you have in your bank account is not, it's limited. It's not enough. That is the, that is the concept or that is the reason why we are selfish. If I give you everything I have, I won't have enough. So, I am going to hold on to. I am going to hold on to. You have the lady. Ladies, I'm going to use you. I hope you forgive me. My brother, why are you coughing? Don't, don't start any trouble. I don't want problems. That's why. Let me stand here so that they don't think that you've spoken. They have a lot of, the closet is full. But I say, I don't have any clothes to wear. I don't have any clothes to wear. I have to go to the shop. I mean, there's a program. I have to go and buy the, go and buy the blue dress. I can't, go for this. I can't go for this program. I don't have any clothes. I don't have any shoes. Then they go and get. This wedding, I don't have any clothes. Then they go and get. Oh, this party, I don't have any clothes. Then they go and get. By the time you realize they've moved from the, their closet and they have occupied a neighboring closet. Sometimes they occupy one room's closet, then go to the next room, occupy the closet, go to the third room's closet. So you see, they give their husband a little box, <laughs> and then they take about five rooms' closet. Let's say all the husbands look forward. Don't smile. They won't know that I'm talking for you. Even where the man's closet is, they share his closet with him. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's because our minds are... Have you bought a dress 
And then later on, you realize that you had, you had one just like that. How many are like that? Give me a wave. And you see, the reason, the thing that led you to, into the shop to buy it is that limited, I don't have enough mentality. From today, I want you to, the, the picture of the desert and the river to sink in. That your wages is not for clothes and shoes alone. Your wages must reach other people. God gave you that job because he wanted to see if he could trust you to release some of your earnings to bless other people. Amen. I'm going to give you five or six principles that I need you to operate by. First principle. Principle that we need to adopt to make a difference in the lives of others. Number one. Remember that we are stewards of everything and possessors of nothing. Hallelujah. Everything belongs to God. Even your shoe belongs to God. Hallelujah. That's why when you come to the house of God, they say that you must pay a tenth of your earnings. And how many know that that particular statement has been attacked more than anything? But you see, if you are somebody who can learn how to pay tithe, you are acknowledging that you are a possessor of nothing but the steward of everything. God says that I have given you 100%. Give me back 10% and keep the 90. In Malachi chapter 3, Will a man rob God? Let's look at it. No, verse 9. Will a man rob God? Yet have you robbed me. But you say, in what may, way have we robbed you? Then he says, in tithes and in offerings. The word rob is a very serious word. If I call you a robber, what am I saying? It means, you see, if you are, if you pilfer something, you nick something. It, 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 it's, you have nicked something little. But when you rob, the, it, it's not the same as nicking something. I mean, understand what I'm saying. It, 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 there's a certain amount of aggression. There's a certain amount of, you know, intent to rob. Are, are you getting it? So God doesn't use, you didn't just steal. You didn't just pilfer something. Robbing means stealing by force and by threat. Are you getting it? It involves using a weapon. Are you getting it? It involves using a weapon. You are threatening somebody's life to steal from them. That's the word God is using here. And I'm trying to tell you the, the mindset that God has. I made you have dominion. I gave you responsibility. And the responsibility was to, for you to Share. But what have you done? You have kept it. So I see you like I see a robber. When you go shoplifting, the amount of jail time they will give you is. Let's welcome Pastor Doji. Please come. Please come, man of God. You are welcome. He has come all the way all the way. Oh, you can come and sit here. Come and sit here. Come and sit. 
He's come all the way from Birmingham to visit us today. He's very powerful. Hallelujah. What was I saying? Yeah. The jail term, the jail term of a shoplifter is very, very small in comparison with a robber. Because a robber has an intent. A, jail, a, a, a shoplifter is an opportunist. Do you understand? So, because when you go into law, there's the intent to steal and stealing. There are two crimes. Having the premeditation that I am going to steal and stealing. But for the robber, you have the intent. You have the, 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 the action and then you have the attempt of injury. Because you sometimes use a knife or use a stick or something to rob the person. Are you getting it? So when the Bible says, will a man rob God? And God is accusing us of robbing him. It's because God is saying that we have three different intents. But we say, in what way have we robbed you? And he said, in tithes and offerings. Then he challenges us first. Go on. Because you have robbed me, I have cursed you. I have cursed you. The word for me is because. I have cursed you. And you see, a curse is an invisible thing that holds you bound. Daniel, come. I can use you. Daniel. Yeah, Daniel, come. So, Brother Daniel, turn, turn, turn. Okay. So, attempt to go. So, uh, that's how a curse looks like. Go, attempt. <laughs> so, you see, a curse is something that he cannot tell. But it's keeping you bound and not moving. Uh, are you getting it? He's trying, but he's going nowhere. <laughs> he was trying to be sly. But, but see, that is, that is how a curse looks like. You even try, and you're going nowhere. Because you are cursed, you're bound. Have you not realized that you've been working for 30, 13 years, and you're Income is always staying just below the, between the zero and the, how many, you know you, but you know somebody who knows somebody. It's like, it's, it's never rising. It's always, <laughs> it's like the, the money falls in the account within, by the 28th day of the month, you are back into overdraft. Oh. Not you, but you know somebody who knows somebody. Who, give me a wave if I'm talking to the right church. So, so he goes on to say, he goes on to say that, verse 10. That is for the cheesecake. I told you, you were, you were a very powerful friend until you joined the cheesecake gang. And then that was when me and you fell out. So he goes, bring in all the tithes into the storehouse so that there, might be, there may be food in my house and try me. If I will, you know, come again. So, he says that, try me if I will not open the heavens and pour you out such a blessing. So, now, 10, 10. So, before it was like this, isn't it? You couldn't go. Now, it's like. You see, when you're running, somebody's pushing you. You go faster. In athletics, 
when they are running and the wind is on their back, they call something wind assisted, which means that there are certain records when you break with wind assisted, they don't acknowledge it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because it's the wind is assisting, the wind is pushing you forward. It's like the blessing is carrying you forward. It's moving you. That is what happens when God becomes your assistant. You see that? Oh, sit down, sit down, sit down. Oh, put your hands together. <laughs> May the wind follow you. You will see that now he gives seven blessings. This man just gave a tithe. Look at the blessings he gets. And go, go back, go back to the beginning, verse 10. No, 10, 10. Bring all the tithes into my house that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord, if I will not open the wind, open for you the windows of heaven. So the first one is what? Open windows for blessing. The channel is open. Number two. And pour you out such a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive, which means that you have overflow. We did overflow last month, isn't it? Next one. Go on. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Which means that the one who wants to come and steal what you have, I will hit their hand. So that your, he will not destroy your ground insurance. That is four, isn't it? Nor shall your vine fail. That means there won't be any abortion or miscarriage. You won't have any failure, crop failure. To bear fruit in, for your field, says the Lord. Go on. All the nations will call you what? Blessed means that you will be so blessed that you become an envy of everybody. How many know that when you are blessed and envied, there's a, there are two different types of blessing. One blessing, yeah, you are blessed. But another blessing makes you an enviable person. And then he says that, for you will be a delightful land. We saw two types of lands earlier. One was not delightful. The first land was not delightful. How many other people don't like to live around deserts? Nobody wants to be in the desert. But by the, the most expensive properties are properties by the lake or by, by waterfront, by seafront, isn't it? Because it's an enviable part of the land. It's a delightful land. If the, the land costs uh, five million, if you go to the waterfront, it's twice. Do you know that a land in the United Kingdom costs more than an average land in Europe? Because United Kingdom is an island. No, you didn't know that. Yeah. Because you are delightful. There are some lands, people don't want to live there. There are some countries, if you tell somebody, go and live there, they will say no. Recently, they are quarreling um, in, in uh, Europe. People are passing through Belarus because nobody wants to live in Belarus. And they pass through Belarus through to France. And then even when they get to France, they don't want to stop in France. They are swimming the channel and taking their lives into their own hands to try and get to Blighty. Hallelujah. Because they are lands and they are delightful lands. So just that of just that tide, it opens up seven blessings. So the principle here is that understand that you are a steward of everything, possessor of nothing. Number two principle. Very quickly, let's go on. Second principle. God is what? 
the supreme giver. Everything we have, it has been given by God. And where it came from, there is more. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, the Bible says that unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think according to the power that is at work in us. The Bible is saying that he provides exceedingly, abundantly, above what you can imagine. So whatever your imagination is, God can do exceedingly above it. Whatever you can think, God can do much, much more. How many are good daydreamers here? Only two people. But even if you're a good daydreamer, some of us, we don't daydream. Listen, it's a curse if you can't daydream. In a, a primary school, we're taught, imagine, imagine, imagine a story. How many learned that? Imagine, imagine, imagine a story. Because over here, they, the imagination of the young people are the most precious commodity. In another part of the world, when a child tries to daydream, they hit the child. Stop it. <laughs> don't, don't go there. <laughs> it's like a child, a child is playing, says that he has a, a set the, the, the kitchen table and he has imaginary, seven imaginary friends that he's playing with. In a part of the world, they encourage that. They put empty chairs for the imaginary friends. They are so, stop that. <laughs> they clear the Hallelujah. Number three principle. God is the sustainer of all things. As you become a partner with God, he gives you sustenance. Are you with me? He gives you sustenance. As you partner with him, he would use you and where the, the blessing is coming from, there's more. Amen. I say where the blessing is coming from, there is more. And in Philippians 4, 19, it says, and my God shall supply all. Somebody say all. Not some. He says what? All your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. In Psalm 23, it says that the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not. Hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, it says that, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, that, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you may abound in every good work. You're always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Hallelujah. How many are believing that God is a sustainer? And God will sustain you. See, the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. How many of you, being anxious, can add one, one cubit to your height? You cannot add a day to your life. You cannot add one inch to your height. So why are you anxious? You have a God that sustains. He will sustain you. I say he will sustain you. Amen. He that keeps Israel will never slumber nor sleep. Amen. Even when we are unfaithful, God cannot deny himself. He, ha he is committed to his word. He has to be faithful to you. Amen. If you have a principle that God sustains, you will not withhold. Amen. Number four principle. God is a God of abundance. How many believe that? They say it's global warming, so there's drought. The weather is in, in changing and everything. But how many know that there's never been a year that God hasn't rained? God has never run out of water. 
and it's not going to start in your day. Hallelujah. He's a God of abundance. He's a God of all resources. Am I talking to somebody? Number five principle. God is a God of what? All grace. Amen. God is a God of all grace. 2 Corinthians 4.15 says that all this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Hallelujah. God is a God of grace. Abraham didn't deserve to be given the blessing that he got. It was because God had graced him. Because he wanted to bless the world or the earth through him. Bible says, and Abraham was rich in cattle, in sheep, in oxen, in gold. He was rich in every sphere. I mean, for a man to organize his own personal army, to go and fight a, a king, a country, a nation, and defeat that nation, that man is a blessed man. I don't know how many people in the world today can organize their own army to go and fight another country and win. But that's a type of blessing we're talking about. Can, can you imagine that Onassis says that he's going to fight Iraq with his personal... No. You, I, I, Bill Gates has organized his army. He's going to fight. I don't know how much money he will have to have. But that's just the wealth of Abraham. Amen. Number six. God wants us to be a blessing or a channel of blessing to others. Amen. He wants to be... He says, I'll make your name great and I'll make you a channel of blessing so that those who bless you, I will bless. Those who curse you, I will curse. And in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Hallelujah. All the families of the earth shall be blessed through you. But how many know that this all starts with the generosity of Abraham? Because if he becomes selfish, then these blessings like the river or the water, will have to cease. Am I talking to somebody? Okay, so we are closing. Let me give you like two or three ways that you can be a blessing to others. A few ways that you can be a blessing to others. Number one, identify the sphere of your influence. Identify your sphere of influence. You cannot go blessing the whole world. But everyone has our own unique world. How many know that? There's a world that you live in that is different from my world. And in your world, God expects you to be the Abraham there. Amen. God expects you to be the one that he can pass through. Your, your world is yours, your family, your neighborhood, your colleagues at work. You know, your school, where you frequent the most, that circle. How many realize that you have a circle that you operate Monday through to Saturday, there's a circle you operate by. That is, that, is your, that is your world. And God expects you that in your world, be a blessing. Hallelujah. Be a provider. No matter how small your income is, you can Bless somebody. Because somebody needs much more than you do. No matter how few shoes you have, one of your shoes can be a blessing to somebody else. Uh, pastor, no, don't, don't, don't uh, pastor me. I'm not listening. I heard you before you started, so please stop. I told you about the lady that had we went to visit with the shoes. Blue, 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 about seven blues, about 10 blacks, about 15 browns. 
blue, 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 white, 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 pink, 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 cream, 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 purple, purple. I said, why? A blue shoe is a blue shoe is a blue shoe any day. Say you don't understand. One has to be open front. One has to be pointy front. Then it has to be close back, open back. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some people are preaching the message more than I am. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Number two. Number two, meet them at their place of need. Everyone has a need. When you see a person in need, it's your opportunity to be a blessing to them. When you see, you see, if uh, I'm not hungry and you give me food, it's not a need. But when I'm starving and you bring me food, you have met a need. And it's, it's a blessing. It does the need at a time. Hallelujah. Remember what we read in Matthew 25. He said that I was hungry. I was naked. I was in prison. I was in the hospital. And you came to visit. He said, where, where did we see you, Lord, in prison or naked or hungry and give you food? And God says that as you have done it for these little ones, you have done it for me. As you gave food to the guy who is sitting out there in the cold. Look how cold it is now. As you bought a blanket for them, you brought me clothes. As you bought some woolly socks and you just passed by the shop, he's sitting by the shop, and you gave that woolly socks or that scarf to him, you did it for me. As you went to the prison and you brought some food to bless, you did it for me. As you went to the hospital to visit the patients, because what makes you different from them, the people who are lying there? I'd rather be the one who gives than the one who needs somebody to give me. It is more blessed to give than to be the recipient. Hallelujah. Listen, life is such that tomorrow you may be at the receiving end of a need. So you need to understand that in life, people have needs. The man who fell among thieves. Before he started his journey, he didn't need help. He was all right. But life happens. Someone say life happens. Accidents happen. When Yang was going to school, she had no intentions of being in a hospital. But life happens. Hallelujah. That is why it's very necessary to be the one that gives need anytime you are called on. Somebody says, oh, I have nine pounds. I want to get on the train. I need two more pounds. Can you help me? That is your place or the opportune time for you to be a blessing. Two pounds. To you, two pounds means nothing. But to him, it is the difference between sleeping and at a train station or sleeping on the street or making it home. Two pounds. To you, two pounds means nothing. Some of us, we don't even stop. No, no, sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. Let's go. I said to you, as to whether they are going to be abusing it, they are going to use it for drugs or not, that is not for you to decide. But as much as lies within you, be a blessing to everybody. Do good to all men. Just do it. Whether they are going to, they are, 
using it to buy drugs or whatever. That is not your business. One day I said to my wife, anytime anybody asks you anything, if you can't give, give it to them. Oh, no, you, you are not a good guy. You, you look dead, dead. No, no, it's not for you to make that, di- that distinction. Just give. Hallelujah. No, number three. Let me give you three. This is the last one for today. Have you learned something? Point them to Jesus. Do you know that the poor, every poor person needs one thing, and that's the gospel. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus came and said that the Spirit of God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. That's the first part. What did he say? The Spirit of God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to who? The poor. When we say poor, we are talking about the one who has a need. So you see, when you meet anybody, they need money and you, or they need help and you help them with the money or with the blessing, with the favor, whatever it is. Don't forget to point them to Jesus. Hallelujah. Because the poor are bound. The poor have need and they are captives. He says, and to set at liberty those who are captives. I'm, I'm still in verse 18. That's uh, Luke 4. Preach the gospel to the poor. Heal the brokenhearted. Proclaim liberty to the captives. And recovery of sight to the blind. And to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Isn't the poor who are oppressed? Isn't the poor who are in captivity? Isn't the poor who are in need? Isn't the poor that needs recovery? I pray for all of us that from today we are going to become blessers of the poor, provided of the needy. The last one for today, number four. Think about how you can impact the lives of the people that you meet in your world. How many have CVs here? Let me see by hand. Give me a wave. You have a CV. And what does your CV contain? Sorry? I didn't hear. Your information of your academics and your experience, isn't it? You have captured your experiences and all the things that you have achieved on a sheet of paper or on a couple of sheets of paper to say that I have. But what is where is your moral sheet of moral CV, curriculum vitae? Where's your your benevolent CV? Your CV of benevolence. Have you got any? How many have CVs here? Now the hands are going down. (laughs) Now I've clarified the CV. You realize that you don't have one. When you go for an interview and they ask you for your CV and you say you don't have one, what does it mean? (laughs) To the left. Take me back to our scripture, our base scripture that's uh, Matthew 25. When the king comes and he sits on his throne, I think it's from 30, 32 or thereabout. Yeah, 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all his holy angels with him, Then he will sit on his throne of glory. And all the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate one from another. As a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. 
and he will set the sheep on his right hand and the goat on his left. Then the king will say to those that are on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick and in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly I say to you, in as much as you did it for one of these, my brethren, you did it for me. It means you have the moral CV. When I asked for your CV, you had one for me. Then the others will come. Let's go on. Then the king will, then those on the left, he said, depart from me, you cast into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, you gave me no food. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, you did not take me in. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit and he will answer them, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, a testy or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, As surely I say to you, inasmuch as you did not, you did, did not do it for one of these, um, these, you did not do it for me. Hallelujah. Go. This will go into everlasting punishment for but the righteous into everlasting life. Hallelujah. When you don't have the CV, you have to. So ask your neighbor politely, where is your benevolent CV? What did they say? What did they say? She didn't answer. Are they smiling? Okay, look at them again and say, sheep, goats, uh, which one? Which one? Stand to your feet.